Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. My name is Ellis Williams, and today we're going to continue our rookie deep dive segment, focusing this time on a pair of LSU draft picks the Browns made in Grant Delpit and Jacob Phillips. To learn more about these guys, columnist Scott Rabelais of The Advocate is joining me. Scott, thanks for stopping by. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, so before we get into Delpit and Phillips, I first have to ask you a question you could probably spend an entire podcast answering. What was it like covering Joe Burrow this season? You know, have you had time to reflect on how truly a special season that was for him and, of course, LSU as a whole? Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's for, for, forever, there's been the one player in LSU history that everyone else has been compared to is Billy Cannon, who helped LSU win the nat- its first national championship in 1958 and won the Heisman Trophy the following year. And they went on to a career uh, in the AFL, uh, mostly, uh, with the Raiders and the Oilers. Um, but uh, Joe Burrow is the most significant player, I think, going forward in LSU history. I think he's the one that people will compare the players to for the next 60 years. He was so transformative. It was the whole thing. You know, Ed Orgeron saying, let's open up the offense, bringing in Joe Brady from the Saints to install some of their passing game concepts. And, but then you have to have – someone who can run it and and uh, Joe is that person and just it's just phenomenal I mean after years of a stayed three yards in a cloud of dust kind of offense for LSU to see them uh, led by Les Miles who's from Elyria who grew up a Cleveland Browns fan um, uh, to uh, to see them go to this state-of-the-art offense that was really unstoppable I mean you know they you know they he threw 60 touchdown passes I mean it would take any other LSU quarterback three years in its history to throw three touchdown passes. Uh, it, it was truly remarkable. And uh, like I said, he, he was a transformative player. And I think he, he set a standard for LSU that they can't go back to what they, they used to be. And that will benefit the program in, in the future. Those could be hard to top the kind of season they had 15 and 0 beat seven teams ranked in the top 10 at the time, beat the preseason top four, uh, you know, set a set a record for points scored in the season, led the nation in offense. It'd be very hard to top, but uh, but uh, he he set a, a standard that that would at least allow them to be more successful in the future. For all the names that that offense had, we're going to spend the majority of this podcast focusing on the defense, which you know had plenty of household names in itself. One of those players being Grant Delpit. He had a remarkable 2018 season, followed by more of an injury riddled 2019. The red flag on him is tackling. I have some theories from watching tape on that, but you're here and I want to ask you this. Are Delpit's tackling issues actually a legitimate concern or do you think this has turned into more of a mainstream talking point and thus is overblown? 
Yeah, I think there's so much scrutiny on, on players uh, like him, you know, coming out All-American, won, you know, won the, uh, won the uh, Thorpe Award this year, uh, and, and plays a posi- played a position at LSU where there's been a lot of, a lot of great players come out the last decade. Jamal Adams, LeVon Landry, Taron Matthew, Eric Reed, who play the safety spot, and there's a lot of comparisons. Um, he, he's a very good player. Uh, you know, I think certainly worth the draft pick that the, the Browns got him in, in in the second round. But those tackling issues have always been there. They, now, it was magnified this year uh, or maybe looked a little worse because he was battling. It's legitimate. He was battling a high ankle sprain most of the season. But uh, you know, the, the, the missed tackles are a bit of a concern, and that's something I think that he's going to have to work on as a, as a professional to be a, a player who plays and, and becomes a, a starter you know, a week in, week out. Okay, that makes sense. So you named the LSU greats before him that obviously translate into NFL, you know, success or, or even stardom in some cases. Take Delpit's career, it's the totality of it, and put him in a, a pre-draft, uh, you know, prospect map. Where did you think he would be drafted? Did you think he deserved a first-round grade after his seasons at LSU? I, I – I thought after 2018, he was certainly a first-round pick. I, okay. I thought after this season, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked that he would, would slip to the second round. And I thought he was going to – I thought he could have been drafted, you know, towards the end of the first round. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire slipped in at the last spot, you know, a very undersized running back, but with some exciting potential in that 30-second spot to the Chiefs. So, you know, it certainly could have happened for Grant and, and could have given LSU that, that record-tying sixth first-round draft pick. Uh, so I, I'm I'm not entirely surprised. I think if he'd come back for another year and could have come back healthy in 2020 and gone out in the 2021 draft, he would have been a first-round pick for sure. But uh, but I think, you know, given that there were some question marks that cropped up, uh, rightfully so, you know, it's a high standard to be a first-round pick and, and, and just enough to be to where he is. But everybody talks about, you know, value for a pick. I think I think he's a pretty good – I think he's a pretty good value where they, they got him with the, the 44th overall pick. I like that you mentioned his 2018 season. You, you thought if he comes out, he's definitely a first-round pick. Can you, can you highlight what changed in between 2018 and 2019 that thus put him as a second-rounder outside? Was it just the injuries and tackling, or is there more to this? No, I think, I think it was mainly it. He has always been a, a – uh, you know, the last two he demonstrated his ability to be a big play, uh, a big playmaker. And, and in that, that regard, uh, he reminded me of a bigger uh, – a bigger, not quite as dynamic, but a, a bigger version of Tyron Matthew in what he did for LSU. And he just exploded in 2018. You're like, yeah, he, he, had a, he forced a big turnover in the Auburn game, which was one of the LSU's bigger wins uh, in the first half of that season that helped propel them to their first uh, uh, CFP Bowl in the Fiesta Bowl. And, uh, you, know, you know, big plays and interception and, you know, recovering fumbles, forcing fumble sacks. And you started, started to see some more of that, uh, you know, late – in, in the 2019 season, 2020 postseason as well. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of a, a huge sack he had uh, in, in the SEC championship game uh, that, uh, that, that was a, a kind of a moment, early momentum establisher for, for LSU, and they, they had a very good defensive performance, 137 to 10. Forced a fumble late in the game uh, off, uh, against Clemson. Uh, that uh, off of uh, Trevor Lawrence that was recovered by Derek Stingley, who will be a first-round draft pick in a couple of years at cornerback. Um, and so, you know, putting a, a hat on, on a ball, you know, he, he demonstrated some of those things that I think 
will will he has that flash that people will notice. But it, you know, it's just the down in, down out. You know, going to make that solid tackle and wrap a guy up, and not just try to bump you down or or, or let somebody. You know, I, I'm I'm concerned a little, a little bit. You know, with the physicality that you have in the NFL, that that he's he's going to have some plays where he looks spectacular, and he's going to have some plays where it's like, eh, that was a routine play. You should have made that. Sure, that makes sense. I. The reason I'm enjoying talking with you about this is, you know, you, you're, you're there, of course. You can take us inside the season. So what I want to ask you is, what did you learn about Grant and first his decision to come back and then watching him play through injuries? And, and furthermore, what do you think his teammates, how do you think they responded to that? What kind of leadership did he show this year, uh, again, coming back and then playing through the injuries he did? That had to have been um, a, a rallying cry in the locker room, if you will. Yeah, I think so. I mean, any time a player, you know, plays through some adversity and, and, and is kind of sacrificing himself for the team. Look, he's not the kind of guy who said, obviously, they're having such a season where you want to be a part of it. But he's not the kind of guy who said, who was, I would have thought ever would have said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm just going to, I don't want to do anything to hurt my draft stock or my NFL potential. I'm just going to sit this one out, as we've seen, with, you know, some players do in, in recent years. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't describe him as the most vocal leader, but I think, I think, uh, uh, a very affable young man, always always uh, engaging and and in interviews and and didn't didn't shy away for them and, and gave good answers. I, I think he'll I think he'll be a, a good asset to the Browns locker room, and uh, you know may, you know won't cause any problems like uh, maybe an Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, but uh, you know I, I think uh, I think he'll be a good asset in terms of chemistry. And I wouldn't expect him to be going in there and say, this is my team, you know, anything like that. Most rookies wouldn't, of course. But, but I think he'll be someone who uh, can be dependable and, and be counted on and, and yeah, earn the respect of players who say, hey, this guy is going to play through this or that. And, and that'll, that'll uh, serve him well with the team and, and, and in his pro career in general. Yeah, and that's what the new Browns coach, Kevin Stefanski, has stated plenty of times they're looking for reliability dependability and according to you it sounds like that's what they got in grant uh look i'm not asking for you to uh for your knowledge of the, the cleveland browns secondary but I, I i am curious how do you think his rookie year plays out and what do you think fans can expect from grant in year one you saw him as a, as a young lsu uh safety and now he's going to be a young nfl safety what do you think fans can expect in year one from him well, as I said, he comes he he, he comes through with a uh, you know w- w- there's a lot to to work with, and I think he's going to need some of that NFL work. He had a very good safeties coach at LSU and Bill Bush, uh, who people maybe remember uh, Browns fans may remember once coached at Ohio State. In fact, he told Ed Orgeron, "Hey, I was with Joe at at, at Ohio State. We get him here, we're going to make the playoffs." So they're like, "Okay, let's go get him." Because it was like LSU or Cincinnati to get uh, Cincinnati University of Cincinnati to get Joe uh, when he transferred, but. Um, but I think there's something to build with there. I think he's, he's got a lot of great physical tools. You know, run side to side very well, can hit. Like I said, people will notice he'll make the big play. I think his level of consistency, at least as a rookie, will not allow him to jump in and be a, a starter. Like I said, I don't know the dynamics of how badly the Browns need a new starting safety or not. I don't think it will allow him to do that. But I think when he comes in, he will be noticed uh, in a lot of good ways. And maybe occasionally, you know, by making a big play, forcing a fumble, making a sack. Uh, you know, getting an interception, breaking up a pass, or maybe in, in some negative ways, like, 
oh, you know, the guy makes a catch in space and he, and he sheds the tackle and gains another eight yards. And you're like, ah, oh, Grant should have made that tackle. So I think he's got a lot to learn, but I think the upside is there and he has the potential to be a, a pro for, for a long time. That makes a lot of sense. Let's switch gears to Jacob Phillips now. Uh, first, can you just talk about who Jacob was for this LSU defense? Because nationally, it seems like he was a bit overlooked. There, there was a lot of big names on that, that defense, as we already talked about. Uh, Patrick Queen, of course, Grant, Christian Fulton, Chase on. Were, there's, were there just too many big names on that defense for Phillips to shine, or did he struggle at times last year? You know, what's the story on this young man? Yeah, I, I think he's just been one of those guys who's just – just kind of there in the background a little bit. And I mean, that's not exactly what you want to hear about, about the, you know, a, a linebacker, which plays such a, a vital role on a defense. Uh, you know, going into 2019, you had, you know, big star up front in Kelevon Chesson, who's a linebacker, but more of a rush, more of a rush in. And you had big stars in the, in the secondary, like, like, like Grant Delpa, then you figured Derek Stingley would be, and he turned out to be a first-team All-American as well. Uh, Christian Fulton, who also was a very high draft pick at cornerback. So he had some stars there. And, of course, he's, he was in, in the unenviable role of having to be Devin White you know, for this defense last year after the, the Butkus Award-winning season Devin White had in 2018. And that's a tough spot. Uh, you know, he was a good, solid player. Doesn't didn't do anything that just kind of wowed you, or there's not one particular play that he made last year. I just think of as like, oh, that was a signature play compared to plays I could think of with with Chesson or Delpit or or or, or Stingley or, or you know some of those guys. But just somebody there who's, who racked up the tackles and 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 was was productive, and and a, again a good a good teammate, a, a kid I never heard any any problems about that I can recall or anything like that. I'm looking at his picture right now on the screen. Uh, uh, you know, just a, 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 a broad smile, a, a good demeanor. And I think, I think that, that will serve him well, but again, not, not a, not, I don't think he's going to be a, 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 you know, impact, you know, super impact guy right away in terms of a starter. What, what's he do well? Is it, is it the tackling? Those numbers are, are obviously impressive. Is it just, you know, his athleticism when you, you see his size and the modern NFL linebacker build, do you think that's why NFL teams were attracted to him? What, what made him a third round pick this year? You think? Yeah, yeah, good, good size. I mean, you know, six uh, three, uh, about two thirty. Uh, you know, th- that's uh, that's that's a positive. Big hands, with Joe Burrow. Um, you know, uh, can can play. You know, can play his his role on defense. I think he. I think he'll find a spot on special teams. You know, for, for the Browns. I, I think he'll he'll be a, a guy they will definitely put in. I would think right away on on, on kick coverage or see the potential to to do that compared to. Grant, I think he was a more more solid tackler, a little, a little more uh, more uh, textbook, more you know, more fundamentally sound in that regard, um, and and just uh, you know just you know all, you know always in the just about always in the right place about time. I, again, I think he suffers a little bit in comparison to Devin White. He's not Devin White. I think Devin White could be a a, a Hall of Famer one day. I really do. I mean, I think the guy has tremendous potential. So if you're looking for him to be that. You, 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 you're not going to get that, but you're going to get a very solid player who, who can, can you know, make your 45-man roster or whatever the roster number is going to be this year and, and, and be productive for you and, and help you out in a lot of ways and say, oh, wow, look at the tackles he had this year, especially on, on special teams. And, and, and he's gonna, once the year's over, you're going to notice, oh, you know, he, he had some really good numbers. There seemed to never really be a consensus on him, and, and 
a lot of the linebackers in this class in general, were you surprised to see his name in the third round or did that feel about right? Yeah, I thought, I thought third or fourth round, um, you know, but, you know, I didn't think he was ever going to, you know, there was never any talk of him getting the first round or, or really, you know, really even the second, you know, but I thought yeah, a middle round pick probably could have, could have benefited. I see why he, I can understand why he went out. Maybe he didn't feel like he was going to excel a little in, in any more of the 2021 draft. I think he could have had another hundred something tackle year for LSU this year and, and, you know, maybe gotten up to the, up to the second round or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, doesn't like I said, doesn't um, doesn't you know have that bigger you know outsized personality? Doesn't you know it doesn't like you know fill up the room? I think he's just gonna he's gonna be you know find his role and play it. And uh, you know you know speed speed's okay. You know si- size is good. Speed is okay. Um, needs to work on, um, on on shedding blocks a little bit. You know. I, uh, I've read a scripture that he absorbs a block rather than delivering the yeah. hit on, on a block. And I think, I think that's a fair description, but uh, again, a player with, you know, for, for the value of where he was picked has the potential to, to grow into being a, you know, a, a good, a good solid player. If, you know, if not a, you know, and, and possibly a starter, you know, a couple of years down the line. A similar question I asked with, with Grant, uh, just how his rookie year plays out and what fans should expect. It sounds like this is a young man who, will have an opportunity and probably will make the most of it thriving on special teams. Does that seem like a spot where he can stand out? And was there any history of that at LSU for him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, you know, he was, uh, you know, a, a special team guy. Like I said, they, uh, they, they improved a lot on special teams the last couple of years. I think he was a, a key player in, in that, in that regard. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you're just looking for a, a place to make an impact. And I, I think he will take advantage of, of that and then be in a reserve role at a linebacker and be able to come in and, you know, make, you know, make a couple of tackles during the game on the defensive side as well. But I think it wouldn't surprise me if he had more tackles on special teams than he does on, on defense. That's not a knock. I'm just think, you know, in terms of what I think his role and immediately, immediately, immediate ability to, to thrust himself into a, a role of importance on the team will be. Yeah, and the Browns fans probably aren't going to be too happy to hear that. Oh, you spent a third-round pick on, on a special teams guy. But that's where players can grow. They can blossom into things. They can, you know, Browns have one of the better special team coordinators in the league. And a position where you can have develop a prospect, special teams makes sense. So, so I'm cool with that answer. Um, switching gears, I want, to, I want to focus on the LSU-Cleveland-Brown connection here as a whole. Um, just, you know, you see two LSU players go to the Browns, and then, of course, you think of former Tigers highlighted by Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Are there LSU fans that are becoming Browns fans, or is this just an odd coincidence? I mean, Odell dropped in your guys' locker room after the championship. These bloodlines are strong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's kind of uh, – people definitely took notice of just being on social media during the, the three days of the draft, and you'd see, you know, uh, you know – to draft a couple of LSU guys, and people know very well that that, that Odell and, and uh, Jarvis and, and Greedy Williams are on the team. So, uh, yeah, people are taking notice. It's kind of funny uh, that uh, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints have, in 54 years, have never drafted an LSU player in the first round. And there was an opportunity. Patrick Queen, talking about linebackers, and if I may go back to, to Jacob Phillips, by the way, again, he, he didn't do anything wrong. It just Queen's – Queen just was more notable that – his stock just rose from the Alabama game when he made the interception right before halftime against Tua Tagovailoa 
a set of LSU's last touchdown and give him a 20-point halftime lead all the way through the, NC, uh, the national championship game when he was the defensive MVP. His stock just rose in a way that, that uh, I think, you know, you, know, you just – it kind of – again, Jacob kind of got to eclipse a little bit. Not the, not the fact that he played bad, just Queen was that exceptional. Yeah. So I'd like to say that by, by comparison but because I think he'll be a good uh, pro. But, uh, yeah, people took, definitely took note of the fact that the Browns have collected quite a, quite a group of LSU players. And as much as they love the Saints here, I mean, I mean it's LSU – one one and the Saints one A and vice versa with a lot of fans down here like I'm sure it is in, in Cleveland with the Browns and Ohio State and, yeah. and stuff like that. It's uh, it, 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 people are definitely taking notice that that the Browns have have some have uh, kind of amassed quite a little little uh, battalion of LSU former players on their team. Of course, a lot of LSU guys in the dra- in the NFL now. You know, 14 of them got drafted this year. Uh, so it's, it's not surprising that somebody's kind of collecting them. But but it's 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 interesting that a team that you know, obviously is in the heart of Big Ten country. And, and you know, and the Saints made their first round pick, she's uh, uh, a from, from Michigan, you know, so a guy from that, yeah. that part of the, the country, from that part of the country to, to for, the, for the Cleveland to have those, all these LSU guys, people are taking notice and like, hey, I kind of, uh, you definitely hear people like, you know, I'm kind of liking the Browns. I'm kind of follow them. I ho- hope they do well. That's cool to hear. And to me, I wonder if there's some irony, maybe it's just poetic that the last Tigers game, Odell Beckham Jr. ended up in their locker room, and now the first Browns game, he'll have a couple Tigers in his locker room. With that being said, I know Odell and Jarvis are, uh, you know, a few classes and really, uh, you know, four years, five-year span removed from this group. But I'm glad you mentioned Greedy Williams. Do you think there's something to the connection that those three, being Grant, Jacob, and Greedy, have and can build on from the years they played together? You know, they've already been asked about it, and they all rave about each other, of course. Is there something that they can continue to build on and tap into, or what, do, what, do you have any memories of those those three in that that year they spent together? Not necessarily, other than they're all outstanding players who can you know can play at at a very high level, and then you know Grady was an All American at LSU in, in much of the same same vein that that uh, that Grant was. Uh, just uh, you know, just the, you know, the, there is a certainly among the defensive backs, LSU is one of those schools, again, like Ohio State or Florida or Texas, is a school that likes to think of themselves as, as DBU. And so the, the, there's, a, there's a pride and a camaraderie and a, a, a kinship there, I think, between, <laughs> you know, among defensive backs. So I think that's definitely something that, that uh, will, you know, will allow uh, you know, Grant and, and Greedy in particular to, to uh, reconnect with on that level and some, some extra pride and, and stuff like that. I, I agree. Williams was, was a tremendous player. Like I said, it, it gets a little hard to differentiate because LSU's had so many great defensive backs sure. over, over the years in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years to come out that who is the best, this, the best, that he was among the best. Yeah, certainly. And, and uh, you know, it was not surprising that he, he was such a high draft pick as well. So I, I think, I think, yeah, particularly with those guys in the secondary, I think there'll be, there'll be a little of that. It wouldn't surprise me if you, you, you could hear a little, uh, you know, DBU talk uh, from the LSU guys uh, <laughs> in the secondary room. <laughs> yeah, I love that because the, the the Browns' other corner, Denzel Ward's an Ohio State guy, and they're all trying to claim there you go. DBU also. Yeah. So they'll be competing amongst themselves, and every coach loves that. Hey, I got to ask you this before we get out of here, and I got one more also. But with all the SEC players going this year, and I know you guys are, are used to that, but specifically with the Browns, I think it was their first five picks, all SEC players. Uh, surprise probably isn't the right word, but is it um, a trend that makes sense to you as 
entrenched as you are in SEC football that a team with a new regime, analytic-driven like the Browns, landed so many players from that conference and, of course, two from LSU? Well, like, I, I, I'm, I'm probably, I, it may say something that makes your, your, your listeners mad a little bit, but, I mean, I, I cover LSU football I, and, and the SEC. I've done this for, for a long time. I went to an SEC school. I went to LSU. And, and it's, yeah, um, yeah, football, the SEC, I would say the SEC South, SEC particularly like the, the, the SEC Western Division where LSU and Alabama and Auburn and Texas A&M play is not far removed from the NFC South, you know, as, in terms of a comparison to the Pro League. I mean, you know, these are – I have always said, that, you know, what, what makes the difference why, – why is the SEC win so many national championships over the year and have so many – in different schools, obviously Alabama has been the, the most dominant one. But different – this is LSU's third title since 2003. Uh, and, and Auburn has won and Florida has won and – and and you know you, you know you see, you see these schools in contention. What, why is that? I, I think it's particularly you know dominant defensive line play. You know big, fast defensive linemen who, who can who can you know shed a block and then run down a, a ball carrier. I remember Barkevius Mingo, uh, Kiki Mingo, running running down uh, you know, a player for Oregon. Name just escapes me now. He's in, in the backfield. He was considered the fastest player in the country back in 2011, and and he ran him down. Uh, you know, on a play in the backfield. And, uh, you, the, you know, they're just – you can't ignore it. You can't ignore the amount of talent that comes out of, of these schools, especially the top, you know, five or six schools in the SEC, LSU, Bama, Georgia, Florida. Uh, and Auburn, you know, had a tremendous – there's some tremendous players, particularly on, on defense and uh, this year. And it, it's just uh, – you know, Tennessee might get back to that level. It's it's just you know if you're however you look at it just looking at looking at film crunching the numbers you're going to see these guys are are really good productive players and, and the SEC had a tremendous year in the draft this year LSU had the the most draft picks but Alabama was you know the top three or four teams uh, along with Ohio State and Clemson and those schools but but uh, there's a kind of talent that, that you see on a week in week out basis and it transfers very well to the NFL because these guys are are NFL looking players when you see them playing college. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth there. Look, I'm a I'm from Minnesota now covering the Browns. So I'm obviously I'm in Ohio, a lot of Big Ten in my life. But to me, the eye test doesn't lie in the SEC. Everything you just laid out stands true. I think it was DeAnthony Thomas maybe might have been the name you're looking for there with Oregon. And yes. To, yeah, to see him get run down by anyone uh, speaks volume. So that all checks out with me. Uh, Scott, before I get you out of here, I want to ask you this. Who's going to have more AFC North wins this year, Baker Mayfield or Joe Burrow? I don't know if you're a betting man, but if you had to, who you got there? I, I think I, I think Joe will make an impact. I think they'll do better than two wins, but I, I'd have to go with the Browns, and not just because I'm talking on on your podcast. I think the, you know they, in terms of team development, they're they're a year farther along. Uh, obviously, uh, Baker is, is uh, you know with more pro experience. I think you have to you know give him a nod a little bit. Uh, I, I think Joe will make a team that team better. I think you know the, he he had an attitude of toughness and 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 uh, professionalism and, and maturity that certainly permeated a college team. And I think will transfer very well to the NFL level. But the 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 Bengals have a, the Bengals have a long way to go. And I think if they could could uh, get to you know five or six wins this year, that probably would be progress. But I think I, I would imagine uh, people up there are, are expecting more out of the Browns than that this year. 
Scott, good stuff. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can do this again. Stay healthy, and let's hope we're all watching some football soon, all right? I hope so. Thank you for having me.